Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name's Quentin. With me is my brother Travis, as always. And today we are covering Spoon's fourth studio album from 2002, Kill the Moonlight. And We did not release an episode last week because we were in Austin, the birthplace of Spoon, for uh, a friend's wedding. So we're back now, and we're going to continue on with our Spoon-a-thon. And you know what, dude? I was pretty bummed that we didn't run into Britt Daniel down there. I thought he was just supposed to be walking the streets. Waiting for fans to come up to him and say, hey. Well, um, you know, they are on tour. Oh, okay. I mean, so usually that's, you know, the odds are pretty slim that you're going to see your, you know, some musician walking around. But Q, you've actually, you have actually seen him before in Austin, right? I did. Yeah, So like, dude. this is not, like, I, you, you, you have reason to believe, hey, I might see Britt Daniel walking around in Austin <laughs> because you did see him. Yeah. Yeah. So this would have been like. 2006 2007 probably i was living down there at the time and uh i don't know me and my friends were walking around probably downtown somewhere near sixth street i'm sure and i didn't even notice him but he walked right past us and my friend larry turns back and says britannial and i turned back too and yeah and he was uh, he was with, I swear, like three really attractive women. Uh, they course. all turned back and yeah. And he goes, he goes, yeah, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And uh, yeah, nothing nothing came of it, dude. Like we, <laughs> Larry but, just confirmed I mean, that it was Bert Daniel by calling out his name, and and he turned back and said, "Yeah." But that was it. Like and, like after he said, like he didn't. I don't hey. remember, dude. It was so long ago, but there was no like conversation. You know, there was no like handshaking or anything. You guys could have partied with Brit. Probably, dude. Um, now, is he, yeah. Here's a question: Is he famous and well known enough in Austin to have lookalikes walking around? Like maybe this was just some dude mm. who who walks around. He looks like Brit Daniel. I don't That's know, how he dude. Gets chicks. Was he wearing a fitted shirt? Oh, it was fitted, dude. Well, then it was him, dude. It was definitely fitted. Um, yeah, I wish I would have gone up and talked to him, dude. Like right. I had the chance, you know. But whatever. Anyways, before we get uh, into our album for the week, uh, let's do our what you heard's. You know, this. So this is uh, music that we've been listening to lately. Uh, I'll start, Trav. Um, so while I was cleaning up the house getting some laundry done after our vacation i just threw on a playlist that i've been working on on spotify for a while there's hundreds of songs on this i just figured if i put it on shuffle something will come up that i hadn't listened to in a while uh you know that would be a good fit for this episode so i heard this song called the magic by uh, this artist that goes by Joan as the Police Woman, and this is a song from her 2011 album *The Deep Field*. It's called *The Magic*. got an interesting voice like you don't often hear that style of voice with that kind of electronic music yeah you know what i mean yeah it's a great song i don't remember how i came across it but like you know i want to say i was working on some mixtape back in the new dust heyday right and i was trying to find songs that were in this certain style and she was she was one of them that popped up um really great song so again, that that song is called "The Magic" by Joan as Policewoman. Um, her birth name is Joan 
Wasser. Um, and yeah, that was that was a song from her album, The Deep Field, which came out in 2011. So, Travis, what you been listening to lately, brother? What you heard? Okay, so as we mentioned at the beginning, you and I were at a wedding in Austin this weekend, this last weekend. Uh, when we came back to Dallas before you guys caught your flight, I took you to Josie Records, which is a fantastic record shop in Dallas. And I found um, this album by Yes called Time and a Word, uh, which the only reason I had heard anything or, or had any sort of familiarity with that album is because I remember, uh, what is his name? G, uh, Getty Lee, the you know lead singer, bass player of Rush. He had introduced Yes um, at, at their Hall of Fame induction speech. And he had talked about that album specifically. How that was his introduction to Yes when he was younger. He had a buddy who had him come over and he put on that album. And like from that day forward is when he's he knew, you know, I'm going to be a bass player. I'm going to play Rickenbacker bass because that's the bass that that the bass player of Yes uh, played. So anyway, I knew that it had to be a good album because it had like the stamp of approval of Getty Lee, right? So anyway, I've been listening to that album. It's fantastic. It's Yes doing what Yes does best, you know? This came out, so if when you look at their, their discography, this came out... Oh, this is their second album. So they had their self-titled album uh, just... Yes, which I think you have that, right, Q? Yep. It's got uh, I See You on it. Yeah. So that came out in 69. Time and a Word came out in 1970. So this is before I've seen All Good People and before Roundabout and all that stuff came out. Um, But anyway, so let's just get to the song. Um, This one is called Sweet Dreams. Sweet dreams, we 
So you can hear that prominent bass throughout the whole song, right? So you can see why this was such an influence on on Getty Lee. But uh, yeah, just you know, just a great Yes song, you know. I love that band, man. I love Yes so much. They're 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 really uh, there's really nobody else like them. I mean, you can obviously this is no revelation, but you can hear the 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 huge influence that that Yes had on on Rush, you know. The yeah. Music of Rush. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's so uh, it's so obvious, you know. Yeah, but even anyway. yeah. I mean, it's straight down to to the guy's voice. Yeah, like, yeah, even, exactly. You know? Right. So anyway, what a great song. Yeah, th- yeah. That, was, that was awesome, man. I loved it. Yeah, it's a great album. But anyway, um, I feel like Yes is just one of those bands that that um, if you find if you stumble upon a Yes record in a record store, just grab it. You know, it's going to be good. Yeah. It doesn't matter which one it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like we are going to... I mean, there's no doubt we're going to cover Fragile at, one, at some point. That's the one that's got... Um, roundabout. Roundabout, yeah. Oh, that's such a good record. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into Kill the Moonlight, dude. It's time. It's time. So we... I, th- I don't know if we... I think we mentioned this on an earlier episode, but... My introduction, and I think your introduction as well, to Spoon in general, was this album, and specifically it was seeing them perform The Way We Get By on a late night show. We think it was Conan O'Brien. It could have been Jay Leno. Dude, I feel like it was could Conan. could have been Letterman, be- dude. I don't know, man. You and I were all about Conan O'Brien in the early 2000s, dude. Right, right. That is, yeah, every night we would watch his show. Another thing, too, Spoon, I don't think we've talked about this too much, but I feel like Spoon was also our introduction to, I hate the term, but quote-unquote indie music. Yeah, I mean... Really, what, what was it before Spoon? Like, what were we listening to before Spoon? To me, I feel I feel like the term indie. I always, for some reason, go back to oh well, indie just means that that they weren't on a major record label; they were on an independent record label. But but the term is obviously it it means a certain type of sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those terms that like, what does it even mean anymore? Indie. You yeah, know you're mean? right. No, but no, right. so, but 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 no. But to your point, like back when Spoon was was doing this, Kill the Moonlight, going on on late night shows, like they were, that that was when indie became a term that everybody started to use. You know what I mean? And bands that weren't on major record labels were starting to get exposure because of the internet and and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like you could make it and, and get some success without being on a major record label because of the internet. And I think that's why indie bands, quote unquote, uh, became such a big deal. Yeah. Let's just talk a little bit about the sound and how it differs from Girls Can Tell and A Series of Sneaks. Those are the two albums we've covered already. So you can jump back, um, you know, hop on our website, nofillerpodcast.com, scroll through, listen to these other two uh, episodes Kill the Moonlight. So, Spoon has this kind of trajection, you know? Trajectory. Trage- <laughs> yeah. Where they continue to get more and more 
experimental, really. I feel like... Well, like, so what's interesting... So, okay, we talked about... We, we pulled that quote. I think it might have been Jim Eno, that interview he did with the college, where he said that Jim, basically between Series of Snakes and Girls Can Tell, Britt Daniel had sort of a like a revelation where he decided, oh, you know what? If I want to use a piano in a rock song, I'm going to use a piano in a rock song, right? So like, I feel like that was when he decided and probably the other band members decided like, like we can, you know, there's no rules here. Like if we want to start using a keyboard, let's do it. And then you can, knowing that when you listen to Kill the Moonlight, there are so many other things that they start doing on Kill the Moonlight that they hadn't really done before. And it's probably a progression of like, it probably came from that. You know what I mean? The yeah. like, let's just do whatever we, you know, whatever the song calls for, let's just throw it in there. You know, there's no rules. We don't have to, we're not making, uh, you know, an, an, an album that should fall under any particular, uh, sound. You know what I mean? It's whatever, we, whatever we want to do. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that's what makes Bird Daniel such a great musician. And like I've always said about spoon, I, you know, I think of them as the unsinkable band. Like, like as the decades go on with most bands, you know, their sound changes to the point that they're almost not even recognizable as the band that you fell in love with if you, you know, got into them early on. Yeah, I think for me, uh, uh, Col- for me, Coldplay is, is the band that I think of when I, when I think about what they sound like now versus Parachutes, their first album, right? Oh, and let's not forget Kings of Leon, dude. Right, exactly. Um, so, but yeah. so so here's the thing, though. I think that's here's the thing. Britt Daniel, like we've like like we've mentioned, and and quoting them from early on, uh, from Girls Can Tell, you know, Britt Daniel realized early on there's no fucking rules, like you said, and I feel like they from the beginning set out to not, you know, box themselves in. And that's what's allowed them to continue to evolve with their sound. But, you know, the whole time it's it's spoon through and through. And there's there's no like major changes to where you're almost like what the f- like what the fuck's going on? Where is this band that that I uh, that I love where they go? Even between a series of sneaks and girls can tell, like those are such like, between those two albums there's such a big difference in sound, but it's still Spoon, you know? Um, so anyways, hey, let's let's play our first pick. Let's fucking get into it, shall we? Yep, let's do it. So um, our first pick is going to be... So actually, let's, let's first say that uh, the intro song that played us in for this episode is called Jonathan Fisk, which is track five on the album it's actually a single but uh yeah that's a song actually jonathan fisk shows up in a few of their songs i don't know if you want to get into this now dude or if you've got information on it well so jonathan fisk is a uh based on a guy that uh used to beat up brit daniel in middle school so here's a Are quote you kidding dude i didn't even know that yeah Here's a quote from, he did an interview with NPR back in 2014 uh, when they released uh, They Want My Soul. And he said, because, so let me just back up. The reason that NPR, I guess, asks him about Jonathan Fisk is because 
Jonathan Fisk is the name of a song on Kill the Moonlight, which is what we played. That was the intro song. But he mentions Jonathan Fisk again in uh, in They Want My Soul, uh, the, the title track to that album. So anyway, so who, who is this guy, right? So basically, here's here's Daniel. Jonathan Fisk was a character in a song from Kill the Moonlight, and it was based on a guy who used to beat me up as I was walking home from middle school. And so when I'm writing the song, the new song, They Want My Soul, about soul suckers in general, he was one of the people that came up. It's a song about religious pretenders, manipulators, educated folk singers, people that bring me down. And Jonathan Fisk was one of them for sure. So there you go. But uh, apparently Jonathan Fisk is a huge fan of the band and came to all of Spoon's shows for about two or three years. So there you go. Wow. But anyway. And that, dude, and that makes sense, man, because the first time he mentions Jonathan Fisk, he says, Jonathan Fisk speaks with his fists. Right. Dude, I'm, I'm just glad that I didn't have some dude beat me up on my way home from school, man. I lucked out. Uh, yeah. Because I was dweeby enough, I feel like. <laughs> In my grade school days, I should have gotten beaten up, man. We should. We both should have gotten beaten up in our grade school days, bro. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. Well, look at us now, dude. <laughs> All right, let's play. Let's play our first pick. So uh, this is track one on the album. It's called "Small Stakes," and I've decided we're just gonna play the whole song. It's just three Sweet. minutes long. Let's fucking do it.
dude. I feel like small stakes. Small stakes is spoon. Yeah. Every, everything you need to know about spoon, you can hear it in that song, man. Yeah, it's what it's what. Uh, it's like you know, this is when spoon has arrived at their destination. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. This is when this is when they become. This album is when they become the spoon that you still hear on their records today. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this and is a great intro to the other. This is the first track on the album. I don't know if we mentioned that or not. Yeah, yeah. That's track one. Um, here's what I like so much about this song. And this is what I like so much about Spoon. I don't think you can get much simpler than that song as far as what's going on. Like, right. There's no, it there's starts no guitar. Off with that. There's no guitar, and it starts off with that little. The majority of the song is, as far as the the drums go, is just that that bass kick. Yeah, it sounds like it's a synth, yeah. it's a synthesized like loop looped bass drum kick. You know what I mean? Yeah, <clears throat> that's what it sounds like. Yeah, and for the most part, that's all you hear. And then they throw in that tambourine shake. Yeah, which right. I don't know if. So that's one thing that that keeps popping up in spoon songs is the tambourine and that just drives drives the song yeah so we've talked about jim Eno as a drummer and how incredible he is and this is the kind of stuff where it's just like it's the it, you know to me you know what makes a great drummer is not necessarily the decision to you know to add something or to use a certain piece of equipment, but to not use those things. You know what I mean? Like the yeah, decision. Not necessarily the complexity of the beat. Right. But how, what they use and how they use it. And I, yeah, dude, I think this song is a perfect example of what makes Jimino so great. At the very end of the song, he brings in the snare drum finally. And it almost... It's almost like completely separate from that bass kick and tambourine. Like he's got the snare drum with a bunch of echo on it or reverb, whatever you want to call it. Um, and yeah, uh, it just feels separate from the rest of it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, um, yeah. It's a, it's just just such a good song. Yeah, such and a then, good you know, intro there's, for for an album. There's those random kind of like effects thrown in there that are kind of scattered throughout like it almost sounds like a reverse like tape effect type thing going on you know what i mean that's just what spoon does that's what brit right. daniel and jamie Eno does um they they always know how to keep your attention um and that's and that's by throwing in these random effects and like you know random audio clips into into their songs and it's never it's it never feels like an afterthought you know like it's it's always just a a perfect addition to the song. Yeah, I love it. It's a great it's a great spoon track and a great intro into this album. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's so let's 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 dive into number two, shall we? Let's keep on trucking. So our next pick is gonna be track three, called "Something to Look Forward to." Oh. 
So again, simple drum beat. He brings that tambourine in. But like, there's just something, man, the bass line in this song, once it once it kicks in, you know, that's kind of a classic spoon bass line, you know what I mean? I feel like you hear the same kind of, the same kind of bass in, in Rhythm and Soul, you know, which comes out a couple albums later. But yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about the different flavors of spoon. Like this song is a little bit more lighthearted, I guess, than, than Small Stakes as far as the vibes, you know? But uh, you get to hear the guitar playing in this in this song. You didn't get to hear that in Small Stakes. The thing about Bert Daniel, he's just a riff machine. You know what I mean? Like he just has this. It just seems like this bottomless well of of guitar riffs that he just yeah you know, has access to because it, it almost it almost goes in line really well with like it, it, it's almost a bass line. You know what I mean? The way he slides up. You know, it sounds like a bass line. I don't think it is. I don't. It, I don't know, man. It's. It, but hey, dude, all we're doing is just reaffirming, you know, what makes spoon spoon. You know. Yeah. Like we're arguing over whether or not what we're hearing is a guitar or a bass. I mean, and that's because that might speak to our freaking ignorance too, dude. But I don't, I don't th- know. I think dude. it's. A, I think it's a guitar. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Just another great I, song, I kinda, man. I kind of want to get into the lyrics, dude, just for fun. All right, yeah, let's do it. Um, God, they're so simple, dude. Right, but like, the, about... but like, but here's the thing, though. Like, like I know the parts. That, like, I when I read these lyrics, like I can sing it in my head because I know the song. But like, the your your Chicago manual of style, right? The <laughs> yeah. way he sings it, you know what I mean. Like, that's what makes a good lyricist is bending like taking the words and putting them into the the rhythm you know what i mean like yeah. the way he sings that line you know the cadence and the spacing of it is not how you would what say does that it. even mean dude your, your chicago, chicago manual of style she dresses and like a, says, she, she dresses like she's from chicago i don't know it <laughs> he says it only's got to go just as far as we let it go and it's yeah i, I never thought about it when hearing it but you never say onlys with an apostrophe right. s on the word only, you know? It only's got but it works. It only has got to, you know? Yeah. Like he's right. he's abbreviating, he's taking out the word has and putting an apostrophe s on only. But it works. God. And the way that he sings that song, it only's got to go just I know, as far dude. I love that part. As we let it um, go. Yeah, dude. That's my favorite part of the song actually. So Carolette, Minnow, Boom, Boom, Ding, 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 That bass line is killer. Yeah, killer. Yeah. So, dude, we're only three songs in to this album. You know, like we skipped over the way we get by because that's a single, right? But our two picks have been track one and track three. So, fuck, man, it's only gonna get better from here, right? There's, I mean, there's 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 twelve songs on this album, and we're only showing you three. Yeah, yeah. So let's play our last pick. And Travis, because my internet has decided to shit on me, um, why don't you tee this up for us? All right. So this song is called "Back to the Life." This is one of my favorite Spoon songs. Yeah, Th- this is the perfect example of uh, you know how Spoon evolved from "Girls Can Tell" to this album because. This song, I, I don't think there's. I think this entire song is is um, is synthesized. 
I remember watching when he would when they would play this live. I think Jim, you know, had a drum pad or something like that that he would hit for some of this stuff. And and um, I think Brent had like an effects looper pedal thing that he had he had some samples in. I think that he would just kind of loop through. I think I think they yeah. would use their instruments to to contribute to to the sounds that are happening in this song. But but for the most part, it is it is synth- synthesized. You know what I mean? But let's just let it play out. Uh, but this is probably like one of the more kind of unique spoon songs. You know what I mean? But it take but but it, it's it's a good sort of an example of when they started making songs like this. You know what I mean? Because they didn't really have any songs like this in their previous work. But again, it's it's more spoon starts to get more experimental in this album, and this is like the perfect example of that. So let's just let it play. <laughs> Sun on your skull, back to the light. Go back your bags, take up the sight, cause this world was in my clothes, bro. me every time yeah it's the blood a pumping it's a yeah it's such a great song and so it's cool i think you i don't know if we talked about this but how it starts with kind of that uh he's laughing or something like that and then you can hear this sort of recorded audio from the recording session where he's like take that distortion out or cancel that distortion out yeah 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 that reminds me they they do that again on um don't you ever remember that song in the beginning Uh uh you know there's that like uh, Jim, can you record that or something like that? Like that's what. That's, yep. Remember that? So like they they've done yep. that before, obviously, 
they do it a lot. It's kind of a, you know, it's just bringing us into the recording session, I guess. I don't know. The decision yeah. to keep that sort of stuff yeah. in, uh, you know, that's, again, it's like most bands don't do that, you know? You don't get right. to hear, you know, him and Jim having a conversation, you know what I mean? It's just yeah, and great. They keep, and they keep doing it. And, and don't they, you they don't keep, you yeah, ever was a, it was a huge single. It had a video, you know? Yeah. It's just cool, I think that man. was the song that we... So we introed Spoon That's in right. our first episode on them with Don't You Ever. That's right, yeah. Um, which is on Gaga Gaga Ga. <laughs> yep. Which was their uh, sixth studio album, right? Yeah. Yes. Comes out after... Telephono. Comes out after Gimme Fiction. Gimme Fiction, yeah. Yeah, so... I, dude, if I had to pick, I feel like... Back to the Life might be my favorite Spoon song of all time. Really? Of, it's hard to it's hard to pick, but this one's definitely number two, number three, maybe number one. Man, I don't, it's just something about it. Yeah, it's, it's short it's the, and sweet. It's the layers that get that that you know just keep building on themselves. The lyrics are are awesome. Yeah, and that this really sweet that what they do with the violin sample that they use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh my god, dude! And, just uh, again, like... with, with again, Jim Eno finds a way to, to. I mean, he just lays out the most simple drum beat. It's nothing but stomp, clap, stomp, clap. Yeah, the whole time. That's it. Right. That is what makes Spoon so amazing. So. I got the lyrics pulled up. They bring up... He, he talks about taking up your scythe, which um, is the stereotypical um, depiction of the Grim Reaper he's holding, that giant... Um, scythe. It's yeah. a scythe. It's right. a scythe. If you think of a, a Grim Reaper, he's holding a scythe. Yeah. Um, the lyrics are... Son, you must go back to the life. Go pack your bags, take up your scythe, because this world wasn't meant for us both. Who made the night? Who made the day? Who gave you life? Who gave you say? I said, this world wasn't meant for us both. Who rules the day? Who rules the night? Go pack your bags, take up your scythe. I said, this world wasn't meant for us both. That's it. It's That's those are lyrics. those are killer lyrics, man. What killer, great lyrics. It's repetitive, but at the same time, each, uh, you know, each line is different. Yeah, because he Slightly asks the question. You know, he asks these questions: Who made the night? Who made the day? You know, who rules the day? Who rules the night? Yeah, and it's interesting that he, that, that that he switched the second verse. It's who made the night? Who made the day? And then it's who rules the day? Who rules the night? I think it's probably because it rhymes with he, scythe. And well, said, but I was gonna say, like he, you know, he the fact that he he talks about taking up your scythe, and because, in you know, it, immediately when you think of the word scythe or you envision a scythe in your head, you think of the Grim Reaper, and then he's these kind of like existential questions: who rules the day? Who rules the night? Well, is he talking to the Grim Reaper? Because if he's saying take up your scythe. Who would who yeah. would do that? The Go Grim pack Reaper. your bags. This world wasn't meant for us both. Right. Oh. 
Yeah, it's just, but again, like simple, you know. Extremely. They are that. That's what makes Spoon uh, another another thing that makes Spoon so great. It's just like, yeah, the simplicity, the way that they make really like, complex uh, songs out of really simple like starting points. You know what I mean? Like, like hey, it's a really simple drum beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they add layers on top of it and it becomes more you know, slightly more complicated drum yeah it's not it's not a, like we said it's not a drum it's all uh synthesized or whatever and like looped i think every spoon song that we've talked about we've probably talked about the drumming and we've probably talked about you know either the lyrics or or, or the guitar riff or or something you know those are yeah, the, like, more, the three more so than anything else. Yeah, I feel like those are the three the three things that make a killer spoon song would be the drumming and then whatever Brit's doing, either on the guitar or with his lyrics or both. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so again, it goes back to to Brit Daniel and Jimino. Right. But I think what's going to be great, and uh, you know, we've already we've talked about this. This is definitely a thing that's going to happen um, with our spoon fest, as we're calling it, or spoonathon. Um, Every other episode, every other full length episode is a spoon album, and we're gonna finish off with Gimme Fiction, uh, which we'll do in a month from now. Um, for now, but we're we're definitely gonna revisit Spoon again, and I think what's gonna be great is when we finally get to They Want My Soul or Hot Thoughts. I feel like the newer-ish members of the band have also contributed quite a lot to their sound. Um, and that's going to, that, you know, that'll be fun to kind of talk about what, what they've brought to the table. And with interviews that I've heard with Britt uh, within the last three or four years, he does talk about that, like, yeah, you know, the, this this song, uh, you know, this particular song was written by this member and that member of the band, and I just kind of brought my voice to it. And it was great because, uh, you know, I didn't have to do anything else than contribute my vocals. Everything else was done for me. And I don't, that's probably not the case for these early Spoon songs and albums. You know, I feel like it was probably mostly Brit and Jim, uh, you know, but he can, right. he can kind of take a back seat now, um, which is great because these albums are still fantastic and they're still Spoon through and through. They're unsinkable, dude. That's it. Right. Spoon is unsinkable. Right. Yeah. Every every album is, is is like fantastic in its own way. Not every you know I'm not saying every song is great, but every album is great. You know what I mean? There's never been a Spoon yeah. album that disappointed me. Yeah. I yeah, can't so, say that about any 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 other band. You know what I mean? Yeah. So these are the three songs that we're picking for for this album. Um. So that's it for this episode. Um, I think this is a good time to bring up the fact that Spoon does not play songs from Kill the Moonlight anymore. So yeah, let's just let's just say let me just say this. So like between our Girls Can Tell episode and this episode, I went and saw Spoon play at the uh, Wildflower Music Festival in Richardson, and they played quite a bit um, from a wide variety of their just like their albums. You know, what I mean, they played. They played something from Girls Can Tell. I think they played uh, they played Fitted Shirt, and they played something from just about every other album. Um, 
except for a series of sneaks, but you know that's that's understandable. What's not understandable is how they they seem to not play any songs from Kill the Moonlight anymore. Like I thought, oh maybe I just got got unlucky with the set list, but I went back and looked at previous set lists from this tour, and they they just never they never seem to do it. And, and you've seen them live. You saw them in November. Yeah, I yeah I saw them um, yeah up here in Seattle, and dude, I want to say they did play something even as far back as a series of sneaks, but they did not play anything from Kill the Moonlight. Okay, so I tried to find an answer for this and had no luck, but you have a audio clip that might give us an answer. Is that right? Well, I mean, let's just play it, dude, and we'll talk about it. Okay, because yeah, let's just play it. So, um, this is an interview right before they want my soul came out there. Yeah. Back in 2014, they were interviewed on the Nerdist podcast, Britt Daniels and Alex Fischel, uh, who's one of the guitar slash keyboardists in spoon. Uh, now they sit down with, with Chris Hardwick and yeah. So a question was brought up by Chris and, um, I'll just, I'll just play the clip and, and we'll talk about it. When you have eight, albums to choose from how do you how do you decide which ones to go back and and cherry pick does that change or does that set say there's just certain ones that you know you can play real well there's certain ones that that you know that everybody wants to hear and then after that maybe you just pick out some just to be weird you know that's something you haven't (laughs) played in three or four or five years for you like you have to have them you have to play some for you yeah well for me i love playing the songs that um i don't know yeah i mean just you, you play the songs that you know are going to be good. You know? <laughs> and um, I don't know. I don't know. what. I just feel like we, we've never really had a, a, a point where we were playing songs we didn't like. But Okay. So from that clip, he's saying that, you know, we play songs that we know are going to do well. Uh, and then we throw in some songs that that we want to play just to be weird. Um, and then he says at the end, we've never been at a point where we're ever playing songs that we don't like. So what does from that, that you mean? can from that you can gather that from with all the songs that they have to pick from, right? They're choosing their set list. They're picking songs that they know are gonna do well. And they're, and they're always playing songs that they like to play. They are not playing songs that they don't like to play. What does that leave you with, dude? What they that don't, they don't like? They, they don't like songs from Kill the Moonlight, right? I don't know. Or, they don't, or they don't think that, that those are songs that are going to do well. And they're not songs that they want to just throw in there just to be weird. So that's heartbreaking, dude. Well, I'm not going to jump to that conclusion, dude. It Some, seems like it, though. Well, man. how about this, though? With Small Stakes and with Back to the Life, two of the songs that we played, there's not a lot for for uh, all of the band members to do in that song, right? It's so possible the that other, because that, their band yeah. has evolved and gotten and you know bigger, uh, and I think more you know they've kind of stepped away from from the stuff that they were doing, the experimental stuff. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe maybe they want to maybe they want to be able to showcase all the you know there's. I think like six, five. It's either five or six guys that they that they tour with now. 
It's 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 five total, including Brit. Okay. Yeah. yeah so there's yeah. a keyboard. There's no, always no, a keyboard. No, no, no. That's player. the only. That's my only other. Um, that's the only other explanation is that they want to play songs for the band, not just for right. Brit and Jim, and yeah. not just for not just for fans. Even at this point. Well, I mean, let's let's fit, dude. When I heard them play "Fitted Shirt," like that that song is for for me, you know what I mean, or for the people that go way back. Yeah. Right. Because there's nothing too interesting about that song in particular. For yeah. if, if you're for, if you're a new Spoon fan and you just came on to Spoon, you, you probably don't know what that song is, and it's a pretty straightforward and simple song. But like for me, it's it's great to hear "Fitted Shirt," you know what I mean? Because it's from Girls yeah. Can Tell. Yeah, and you're right, dude. The majority of the songs on Kill the Moonlight can be played with literally just Jim and Brit. Yeah, they're really simple. Jim can can push a button on his drum machine, and Brit can play in his piano. Well, or his or his guitar. But no, I mean, or his guitar. I mean, you need a you need a bass for a lot of these songs. But that's that's three three people. Brit, the, you know, like at the at the concert that I saw back in November, Brit, at one point, fucking walked on the stage just by himself. Like the rest of the band members left the stage, and he came back, and uh, he played "I Summon You," uh, which I'm sure we're gonna cover for the Gimme Fiction, yeah, episode. But he played it by himself. Like he could play "Back to the Life." He could play, you know. Say don't go. I I don't know. Right. It's right. Just, well, that's it's, what I'm saying. It's like, a bummer. It, it's it, it's hard for me to 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 accept that 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 he doesn't like any of the stuff that he wrote for Kill the Moonlight. Like that would that would be a little bit disappointing. But um, you know, it's 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 fine. Yeah, I'm I'm just happy so, to hear a song from Girls Can Tell every once in a while when I go see him live. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So let, to wrap it up. Uh, there's a few more songs on this record that I that I wish we could cover, but because this is no filler, we can't because they're singles. Um, I'm a huge fan of "Stay Don't Go," which is uh, track four on the album. Um, the only percussion that you hear is, I assume, Brett Daniel beatboxing, basically, and yeah. they turn it into a loop. Yeah. Um, Right, there's another song that like you can see why maybe they wouldn't play that nowadays because they've got five guys up there, yeah. And it would be a really strange. It would really take you out of the set list and like the flow of 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 their concerts nowadays to hear that song. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, track seven, someone, something, another single. Uh, there's just a killer breakdown, uh, a re- a really cool piano breakdown. Uh, in the, I guess, I guess you'd call it maybe the bridge of the song, which is just killer. Um, you know, it's funny. Like we, I think we mentioned how they use the piano. Well, we, I guess we covered the piano in, in, in girls could tell how they introduced the piano, but there's some great piano moments in this album. And that song, the breakdown that you're talking about is an example of, of, of a piano moment. You know what I mean? A, a classic like spoon breakdown, like piano kind of thing we didn't yeah. really get to showcase any of that but yeah and then if i were to uh suggest a song that i wish we had covered that might not be a single but we just didn't cover it 
it would be all the pretty girls go to the city track nine. Yeah. That's, that's another, that's, really that's cool another song. great piano track. Uh, and I would say that, yep. that that song feels like it could have been a B side or just another track on girls can tell. It's got that girls can tell vibe to it. So I'd highly recommend checking that out. If, if yeah. you were to do a deep dive, I agree. but I yeah, agree. I, obviously we're suggesting that you should go listen to this album all the way through. It, it all the way through, all the way through yeah, yeah absolutely there's the, there's too many fucking good songs on the whole, fucking the track whole six paper tiger dude the, the yeah the lyrics on paper tiger i mean i know i know this means nothing to, to people that don't know what we're talking about <laughs> listen well, to this go listen album, to the is album. what we're saying yeah um and actually one thing we didn't mention but i thought this was cool dude i didn't know this but uh this was all recorded in jim eno's home studio so th- this was all recorded at Jimmy Eno's place. He had he had a recording studio set up at his at his house. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's that's going to be it for today. That is our take on Spoon's fourth studio album, "Kill the Moonlight." Um, it's up there for me for you know one of my favorite albums of all time. Not just Spoon albums. It's up there for me. Period. Um, it makes the top 10 for sure as far as you know memorable albums that i can go back and listen to at any given time and enjoy it doesn't matter how often i've listened to it and for our sidetrack for this album i think we're gonna do an arrhythmics album hmm okay because so here's why and this is gonna this will tie back to our uh outro song for this episode uh, Brett Daniel was interviewed by Pitchfork back in 2003. Um, it was one of those interviews where they're like, "Hey, what album do you do you listen to when you're in this kind of mood?" Or like, "What's a nostalgic this or that album for you?" And uh, Brett Daniels mentions this Arrhythmics album, which is actually a soundtrack for the movie 1984, which he feels like is heavily overlooked um an album that definitely needs to be listened to so it's a soundtrack by the arrhythmics and i definitely haven't listened to it and i'm i i'm definitely going to listen to it over the next week and we'll see if if it's something we can cover for our sidetrack episode i mean i love the arrhythmics dude who doesn't right sweet dreams yeah um look that that's a band that i can that i can safely say that i don't think i ever just pushed play on one of their albums and let it play through, which is a shame, you know, because I've always yeah. loved the the singles that everybody knows. So yeah, this yeah. would be a good, good excuse to, to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. And it'll be a, you know, it'll be a little bit different. Um, it'll be a, a change of pace for the last several albums that we've done, which is just, you know, in the indie rock vein. Well, okay. Um, so that's, that's a good, a good tee up for me here. Cause I wanted to, to tease our next full length episode because we're going to mix it up and we are, we're going to change the genre a little bit. We're going to do Lossal. I guess he's a, um, what would you call him Q? I would say IDM, right? right. EDM, intelligent, electronic Ambi- it, dance it, 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 music. It's, it's ambient though, more so than anything. Ambient for sure. More like drone music, you know, like yeah. something that, that really just, I mean, you could really just, put this record on and just zone out or yeah. study. It's a good study album. And we haven't really covered 
an album like this. I think we sort of touched on it with, with Tycho, but this is uh, sort of even even more toward like ambient background. Uh, this is going to be sort of along the same vein as our Tosca and Tycho episodes, but like uh, a little bit further like I said, in the direction toward ambient. So this will be a good one to do. This is for a, for a very long time has been one of my favorite, um, favorite, uh, electronic musicians, you know, same. Uh, yeah, there's, there's nobody who does it quite like him. You know what I mean? There's a lot of ambient electronic artists out there, but, uh, I feel like he, he takes it, um, has sort of his own spin on it. You know, uh, his name is Scott Morgan, but he goes by, Lossal. And the album we're going to cover is uh, Sick Bay. No, wait. Shit. That's the song. We're gonna The, the album that we're going to cover is called First Narrows. It came out in 2004. Yes. So there you go. Yes, we've, just, uh, we've just uh, teased both the sidetrack and the next full-length episode uh, coming down the pike. So that's it. And then, and then we'll have one more Spoon album to cover, and then we'll be done with our little Spoon-a-thon until the next time because we will we would we both have discussed we would like to cover uh the next four albums from spoon as well but we'll do it way down the line just so we can kind of spread it out a little bit you know yeah so um hop on to our website nofillerpodcast.com if you want to dive a little bit deeper uh with each of our episodes we've got our show notes on there um there you can find uh, a track list for every song that we cover on our on our episodes, including the Whatcha Herds, the intros, and the outros. Um, we also have links to any sources that we pull from for the content uh, for each episode. So if you want to dive a little deeper, you can find a lot more information on our website. Uh, you can also hear all of our sidetrack episodes on there in the show notes. And uh, you can also... Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes um, pretty much any podcast app that you can stream podcasts on you should find us on there uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud as well and um, please comment we want to hear from you um, let us know how we're doing let us know where we can improve um, basically we just want to hear from you we want, we want to know what you think um and yeah, that's gonna do it for us this week. For our outro song, um, I picked a song from a Cure album called "17 Seconds," which is their second studio album. This is um, an album that has a very special, nostalgic place in Brett Daniels' heart. Apparently, this is one of his all-time favorite albums. He says, this album is just a really good be depressed in high school record. (laughs) Hmm. Which I I feel like sums up the cure pretty well, right? Right, Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, you know, it's funny to bring up the cure again because our last sidetrack episode was on Echo and the Bunnymen, which is another one of those really good be depressed in high school bands. Um, yeah, we're kind of bringing it back to, to the last episode. To yeah. that new wave post-punk, yeah, sound from the '80s. Uh, yeah. Um, so 
I listened to a few songs from the album, and I picked this song, uh, which is track three on the album, mainly because right off the bat, it just kind of feels like a Spoon song. So, and, and knowing that this is one of Brett Daniels all time favorite records, it makes sense. So, uh, again, we're going to play out this episode with a song from the cures second studio album from 1980 called 17 seconds. And this song is called secrets and that's going to do it for us. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis. And we'll talk at you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 